Speaker Series podcast. This week, Mayra Salazar Rivera, CID Student Ambassador, is interviewing Lourdes Morales, Associate Professor from the Centro de Investigación en Docencia Económica, CIDE, and Marco Fernandez, Research Professor at the School of Government and the Tech of Monterrey. He's a Research Associate at Mexico Evalúa. Lourdes and Marco just participated in our first Security and Development Seminar, which explore how corruption and impunity obstruct development in Latin America with a focus on Mexico. Thank you very much for being here to talk to us about impunity, corruption, and development in Latin America with a special focus on Mexico. So, Lourdes, you have rejected the idea of corruption as a cultural issue, because if it were a cultural issue, then there would be nothing to do about it. So how does this network that you lead promote successful accountability so as to eradicate corruption? And also, given that corruption is such a complex issue, what else is needed in order to eradicate it? Well, yes, I absolutely reject the idea of, uh, of this statement that the President Peña did during an interview when he said that uh, corruption in Mexico was cultural because accepting that it's a, a cultural issue is accepting that there is a defeat, that the diagnosis is that there's nothing to do and we have to live like that. So the accountability network is looking for the implementation of a public policy that makes possible to increase accountability in all levels of government. The intervention during the discussions for the anti-corruption national system were centered on the design of a national public policy to attack corruption, to curtail corruption. So these, uh, these proposals are based on three premises. The first one is that you have to go to identify the causes of corruption and not only the consequences, and this approach needs to focus on prevention more than in punishment. So that's the first one. The second is that we have to improve institutional intelligence. That's the capacity to correct the things that are wrong and causes corruption, mm-hmm. and the intervention of uh, information sharing and collective action between institutions. And the third one is that we have to reinforce the check and balances processes. So the task of uh, curtailing corruption must not depend in only one institution, but many institutions that work on the main access for accountability. Thank you. You've also mentioned that a complex issue such as corruption can be solved with adequate policies through institutional channels, but also through a change in society's mindset. So in Mexico, we've seen all these institutional reforms, but how do we actually achieve that society's mindset, in your opinion? Well, of course, outcomes have to be possible. Because if you only get institutional changes without outcomes, people are not going to believe that something was done. You need consequences. You need responsibility. So uh, I think to change the mindset, we first will see how institutions are accountable. Precisely, the institutions are part of the anti-corruption national system, but also that 
some informal institutions in society and informal interventions such as the civil society organizations or journalists can activate procedures to make the system work. I think that also some consequences need to be seen such as prosecution and investigations, correct sanctions to some actors. But in that case, we have to uh, approach the corruption as a matter of networks and not, not only individuals. If we don't have that approach, the system is going to fail. Marco, you've said that one of the key aspects to ensure that corruption laws are enforced is to increase uh, civil participation. That is, having citizens that are not only complaining, but also acting to demand their rights. So... In Latin America, we've seen that civil engagement tends to fade after elections or referendums. So how can we ensure a civic active participation on an ongoing basis that makes sure that, that citizens are actually demanding their rights? Uh, well, I would say that it's not only a matter of demanding their rights, but fulfilling their responsibilities. And that second party is the one that is even... Uh, more challenging than the first one. I think that, that what we are observing in Mexico, for example, is a growing, uneven, but growing movement in part of Mexico's uh, society that is beginning to say, enough, it's enough. The outrageous cases of corruption that have taken place during the last years, it is not that, that they are new, but that they are now well known I mean, because of of social media, for example, because growing uh, independent outlets that have made public these kind of cases and that has brought a sense of indignation in many segments of the population that went out, for example, in the streets to demonstrate some months ago, for example, when the Ayotzinapa tragedy took place uh, in Mexico, uh, precisely demanding more sensibility and actions from the political class to start tackling the problem of corruption. This energy, citizens' energy, has also been channeling, uh, channeled so far in institutional ways. I mean, uh, if that was not the case, it would have not been possible the citizens' initiative that took place in the spring in, in Mexico, that through which several civil organizations and universities gather thousands of, of, of signatures that were required to introduce the citizen initiative in Congress and that finally was discussed as part of the package of the secondary legislation uh, to create this uh, national system to curb corruption. In that regard, I, I see positive signs that, that there is this growing uh, movement in society and the big challenge is precisely at the core of your question. How do you keep that a movement going and not uh, to eclipse or to to produce the solutions that finish uh, opening the door to cynicism. The cynicism would be very dangerous to, to accept that nothing can be done and that, well, I mean, to accept this uh, very mistaken premise that the president uh, said, as, as, uh, as uh, Lulu mentioned, that the corruption is a cultural thing. Of course, that is not a cultural thing. I mean, the typical uh, case to explain it, or the counterfactual to of that argument, is when 
the Mexicans cross the border to the U.S. and suddenly begin to respect, for example, traffic signals. It is not that suddenly they had a cultural transformation in their cross of the border, but also, but but they know that uh, in this part institutions work better and that there is a consequence if they do not fulfill the rule of law. That uh, that kind of of, of of behavior of, of really recognizing the value of of respecting the rule of law of multiplying the number of citizens really willing to to stand up and yes demand their rights but also accept the fulfillment of responsibilities is the the big challenge that that we're going to have in in the coming uh, in the coming years in, in Mexico particularly this challenge is even more daring because polls show a growing unsatisfaction toward democracy, a growing dissolution uh, toward the effectiveness of, of electoral uh, politics. Uh, among those dissolution is even more worrisome that the majority of the electorate, that is the, uh, the millennial people, they tend to not take care of, of politics or do not get involved with politics. I mean, according to these polls, they they begin to have a cynic uh, way of how things work in Mexico. And that is very dangerous. And we really need, as a society, to contrabalance that view and to precisely convince this young generation that things are not going to be solved just by m mere good wish or by themselves. It takes a lot of citizens' efforts that I think that is one of the main lessons that other countries can bring to, to Mexico. Countries that have moved to better development equilibriums are the ones that where civil society has been much more active in, in demanding accountability from the political class and also accountability of the private sector. Thank you very much. Um, so now I have a question for both of you. Uh, building on what Marco just said about the cynicism that has permeated in Mexico. Just a couple of days ago, the National Electoral Institute in Mexico approved the National Strategy for Civic Culture uh, to eradicate precisely citizens' distrust of parties, institutions, politicians, and authorities. So. I know, Lourdes, that you were one of the experts that participated in the design of this strategy. So can you tell us more about it? And, and Marco, how do you think it will help to solve the problem of a really weak democratic culture in Mexico? Talking of the strategy, uh, I'm convinced that this is a window of opportunity for political parties to change perceptions and to change the way they relate to citizens. Uh, this... Uh, strategy is based on three main axes. The first one wants to improve the dialogue between social groups, between civil society organizations, between universities. It's a strategy that is uh, designed from uh, bottom to the top. Uh, in, uh, if you compare to other strategies, that's one of the main changes that contains this strategy. And uh, they want to create conditions to make this dialogue possible. The second act is uh, about the truth, the information that citizens have to decide, the information that uh, allows to form a judgment about performance of a government, 
and the information that is needed to uh, make fundamental rights happen. If you don't know your fundamental rights, if you don't know what are they about, you are not going to exert them. So the, the truth is also very important. And the third one is about uh, accountability and the way people uh, demand uh, outcomes and performance of governments. The own uh, public officials uh, accomplish their promises after office. So this third axis contain specific lines of action that are going to be implemented all over the country and we hope that this is going to uh, provoke gradual change and outcomes for the next seven years. For example, one of the challenges in this strategy is how, how do you begin transforming more and more transparent information in useful information for the citizens? Yes, now we have new laws through which we can request uh, information from public office. The big challenge and responsibility, I think, uh, for academics and NGOs and think tanks is how to process that information in a way to communicate it in accessible terms toward a normal citizen. To understand, for example, I mean, I work on education policy, to make accessible the information and the consequences of teacher absenteeism, the misuse of procurement for public schools, the statistics of people that are being illegally paid, what does that mean in terms of, of having less resources for better infrastructure and school materials. That kind of translation and on, uh, of, uh, of using effectively the public information is one of the challenges uh, to make more aware the people, uh, the citizens, of, of why it is important to get involved in the discussion of public affairs in Mexico. Of course, that it is important also that at the school level, for example, in the many of the discussions that are taking place, uh, we emphasize the, the importance of, of, a, of a civil service, the importance of, of discussing a public life uh, in Mexico. But that will only make sense, for example, opening the door to things uh, that do not happen in most of public schools that people, I mean, students do not elect their uh, classroom representatives. I mean, do we want civic uh, classes? Let's exercise civic rights at the school level. Let's teach in practical terms what we preach of what democratic credentials mean. That is the challenge that we will have as a society to really begin to expand this strategy that, that uh, our colleagues have put together and that to, to little by little in that sense make feasible that people embrace it and make it their own. That is the, that is the challenges in the coming months because if, that, if we're able to overcome those challenges and convince the people of really beginning to adapt to this culture of participation little by little but constantly we are going to begin observing the positive uh, effects of this culture. I mean, in the case, I, I think that one place that is very symbolic is the school. Parents, for example, have to under understand that their duty it is not only to take kids 
toward the door of the school, and inside is the problem of the teachers. I mean, to exercise this culture of accountability is to get involved in the education of, of their kids, to make accountable the teacher if the teacher does not teach what is expected, and to protect the good teachers that are out there trying to do their job and sometimes are threatened because of clientelistic practices that, that uh, permit in the uh, public uh, system. That is the kind of practical way that we begin to we need to begin observing in society so this kind of culture gets roots in Mexican society to little by little improve the quality of democratic spirit in Mexico. Thank you very much for being here with us and sharing your ideas. If you want to learn more about CID and our events, please visit cid.harvard.edu.